You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Trash Panda. Trash Panda. I am your host, Lindsay, along with my beautiful co-host, Lauren. Um, we have a special guest. Documentary. Uh, <laughs> documentary. And it, it yeah, special like short bus helmet. Cool. Yeah, I'm I'm here. <laughs> it's just documentary day from here on out, I feel like. Um so tonight we have a very awesome <laughs> Ladies topic. love my docs. That's yeah. <laughs> I love your docs. Wait, like your cargo shorts? Hey, don't mess with my purse pants. I'm a oh huge fan of my Who purse pants. I just dock them Biggest dog. Okay, so we're talking tonight about um, the a Net- super creepy prick. Yeah, the Netflix Voyeur. documentary Voyeur. The Voyeur. And uh, are we ready for the deep dive? Yeah. So and and let's be real. Like we all, I think, just as a preface, like we all have a little bit of voyeuristic tendencies in us. Like we love, like we love watching like, dude, like how many, how many times did like, okay, there's a car crash on the side of the road. You're going to stop and watch. Guess what? That means you're a voyeur. Um, you know, or seeing from, no, no, from Chicago, we call them gawkers. Gawkers. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I call them looky loos. I'm from Michigan, so I don't know if that's like a Michigan yep. thing or if that's just like an all the time thing. But looky loos, Michigan gawkers, yeah. voyeurs, whatever it is, it's somebody that takes a scenario that they just I, they have to. They have well, it's to they like seeing things they're not supposed to be seeing. Right. Yeah. Like intimate moments, uh, personal moments. I have a problem like. If I see an accident when I'm driving, I am that gawker. Um, and I think that I, there's a part of me that wants to know, is everyone okay? Mm-hmm. Like, is what, how, how horrific is that? But then there's a part of me that wants and to see the car on flames. Horrific. It's like that train wreck that you mm-hmm. can't look away from. So, um, like, okay, I will agree with you. I have the same kind of issue. I have been known to sometimes take like a, like I'll turn on my video and do one of these so I can drive past and then look back and right. see what, what was going on. Um, You're such a voyeur. I know I really am. I really am a voyeur. Like I will watch some stuff. <laughs> But then I've also had instances where, like, there's been people that have been maybe hurt or maybe Mm. the ambulance hasn't been there yet or the police haven't been there yet. And I feel the need to go back and, like, look it up. Mm -hmm. You know, like, Google it. Oh, yeah, I will Google Google it after that. Hey, because, yeah, you want to know what happened. Exactly what, what happened. happened. Exactly. Are there names involved? Yep. I want to know. And that's somewhat voyeuristic and in- in- um, tendencies because you feel the need to go back because you're like connected to that. Well, yeah. I mean, and that's that's the news in general. I mean, if it bleeds, it leads. They know what's going to hook your attention, and yeah. I mean, I think we will all say like Facebook gives you that ability to stalk people. Oh yeah. You- Definitely, like we are encouraged to be slightly voyeuristic. Voyeuristic tendencies are a real thing, even if it comes down to I just want to look at my boyfriend's ex, or Mm -hmm. I just want to look at Mm -hmm. whatever you. What's going on with his? It's a certain level of curiosity, yeah. Yeah, and you see exactly. I mean, there's 
literally stalking is like voyeurism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like people that are stalkers can yeah. be um well, voyeuristic. They and, yeah. Well, yeah, and and they want to see your life because they're they recording know what's happening. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so this so this doc came out actually in 2017. So it's a couple years old, um, and and there is a book that goes along with it that you can go and order. Um, but yeah, so it starts with um, the intro of Gay Talese. Um And for those who don't know who Gay Talese is, um, he is a very very uh, renowned uh, author and reporter. Um, at the time they were filming, uh, he's 80 years old. Uh, I wrote, he is what I want to be. Those tailored suits, the brownstone in Manhattan. You, you kind of wonder, like, how close did he leave? Did he live to Epstein? Like, I kind of want to know. Yeah, <laughs> you, know, you know, he met him in some kind of circle. He fucking met him, and he had, he has a beautiful name too, even though for short it's gay. Yeah, well, and so and so that's the thing. So and, and you know he take he goes down to you know his, his brownstone in his basement, which he says it's a converted wine cellar. Um, and oh my God, he's a little bit of a hoarder. Um, he's got f- his fifty year professional career of like clippings and articles yeah. in yeah. filing cabinets and boxes and yeah. bins. But the cra- like and everything yeah. is sorted and categorized by year, yeah. by topic, and by. One of the- I wrote down, I was like, he quote unquote said, I keep all of the, I, all of this crap I keep. And it's like, he's even re, like re, recalling it as crap. It's, it's yeah. bullshit. It's doesn't matter, but I keep it. And so you can tell that he's like a hoarder in the sense that he has to maintain the info. Well, and he has, but, he has a rationalization yeah. for it. Like so, yeah. Because his his, rational, his rationalization about it is that he's not a reporter; he's a journalist. And I think he gets into this a little bit later, where like a reporter goes out, covers a story, and then they're gone. Whereas what he does is the in depth, um, and he, and he, you know he even says he's like you know because you might touch base with somebody ten, twenty, thirty years yeah. later, and that's where the story is, not when you talk to them now. Well, what, exactly. What. Really um, stood out for me was the parallel of him collecting all of his own shit, and then later on when we should see um, Gerald Cruz's own collection. Oh God, yeah. And just, and just to see that there's parallels between the two. Sure, sure. Because here's my whole thing, and is I think we'll get more into it, but I think Gay Talese really wanted to be empathetic towards the voyeur. Um, because they were a lot of one in the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he even says that in the beginning as he's like, I'm a journalist. I am a voyeur by nature. Mm-hmm. And so I think like what that begins to set up for us is seeing a lot of parallels between him and his subject, which is yep. the voice. And so they then they get into the guy uh, whose name is Gerald Foos. And so this guy bought a motel um in color aurora Col- so he, but, colorado called manor our hotel but the crazy part is he actually talks to his wife before he does this so this guy's married right, talks yeah. to his wife and says he at first he says he wants to buy a lavatory which is a bathroom i'm like how do you buy That's just a bathroom what the hell is that about <laughs> Uh, and then, oh, and he has a couple of those. He has a couple of malapropisms throughout the course of this. Um, and so then he finds, and he says he goes and he looks at a couple different properties, and then he finally finds this manor house motel, and says he immediately falls in love with it. He 
buys it for the sole purpose of spying on people. Well, yeah, and he says he bought it because it has a very high pitched roof. Right. Right. So, and, well, he can create like catwalk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like it, the high pitched roof is like really important. Right. Because he can create the catwalk that he can walk down on the catwalk. He can have the uh, he little, looks in vent the little vent. Oh yeah, and he said he did all the work himself up there. So yeah, you know, he yeah. he installed all these vents. And apparently had his wife lay down on one of the beds to see if she could see him. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that I was going to say about that is that I said that, um, uh, that, um, what the fuck is his name? Jay or our gay, gay Talese, gay Talese said that a lot of writers think that it's over when it's done, but really it's just the beginning. Yep. Yeah. And, and being able to go into this area and see all of the stuff that he's seeing. And um, with, with, with Gerald being up there and, and, and making that catwalk. Oh yeah. So, and honestly, like one of the craziest things too is not only was this guy married, his first wife dies and he finds another chick yeah. that's okay no. with him oh, doing and this. He says that was probably an act of God. And mm. I was like, oh, you mean the act of a devil? Yeah. Because, like, really? You, yeah. But he has such I a God. He has such a God complex through this whole thing. Like, his whole, like, motivating factor is really to, like, play with these people. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or at least, obs- yeah. He have some power over the situation. He's all seeing. He's omnipresent. Mm-hmm. He is this, like, all seeing guy. Oh, and that was that one um, scene was totally bizarre where, like, they have that little scale model of the motel. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, and he yeah. talks yeah. about, like, this must be what being God yeah. is like. And he lifts the little bottle off the table and just, Ugh. yeah. 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 Cause that's, that's, that's God. God's, God's a prankster. Evil. That's, yeah. Because to me, I was it like, was a great is, analogy. It's exactly what he thinks. Yeah. Yeah. Although so, it does explain why I can't find my keys sometimes. I'm just saying. I think right. that's. <laughs> Gay says that. Okay. So what does anyone remember? What was the year that Gay came out with that book that Love Thy Neighbor? So it was it was 1979. Um, okay. He came out with Love Thy Neighbor because he got the letter from Gerald on January 7th of 1980. Okay. So and the guy references it. I was going to say. So it was like. They had been corresponding for like five years after Gay had released this this book. And then between the time Gay decides to like go and actually see the hotel, because Gay's like, I saw this with my own eyes. Oh well no. So he gets so he got the first letter. So the book came out so Love Thy Neighbor came out in seventy nine. And and yeah. so and, and just and this is like this is one of the things that really put Gay to lease on the map. Um yeah. so if you guys want to check out something, it, it's obviously still out for print. Um, so, and, and here we get into like a little bit of gay's backstory, which is interesting because he's married, he has yeah. kids, um, and he goes and lives it's at this, colony. uh, called Sandstone in Los Angeles, this nudist colony yeah. slash swinger colony, um, yeah. has sex with all of the, you know, these other women and all that kind oh, of stuff. Yeah. Um, and, you know, starts to do like the talk show circuit and his yeah. wife, he's on Phil Donahue, which, 
Yeah, I, I yeah, nice. that's hilarious. That's in the documentary. Yeah, yeah. so he's on he's on Donna and his wife is with him. And Donahue yeah. asked the wife, she's like, you know, he's like, well, what do you think about all you know this whole thing he's yeah. just done? And she was like, well, you know, he's a reporter, he's got to do what he's got to do. And so you, that's almost kind of like another parallel that I made. Gerald yeah, keeps finding and, these submissive women to go along with him, and Gay kind of did the same thing. To me, a person is allowed to do whatever they want to do. Yep. Yeah, and so she's very like, yeah, you're right. Dave, I didn't even think about that parallel as well. Like, there's so many parallels mm-hmm. between the two. It's wild. So then it was that. So it was that. It was later that same year in 1980 that yeah. uh, that Gay decides to yeah. go out to the to the motel, yeah. um, and and goes with Gerald, and he describes yeah. this whole thing where there's a utility room, and then they got to pull out a ladder and go up to this access hatch, and then there's a door, and the door locks, and Gerald locks the door behind him, um, and then they're out there. And I, I and and so the the best part of the story that I absolutely well, started with his tie going through the yes. So he yeah. said they're they're up there and like Gerald gives him the thumbs up and calls him over to yeah. a vent and he's watching this lady give a guy a blowjob and Gay keeps leaning down further and further over to get a better look and Gerald reaches over and like grabs him by yeah. the back of the neck and pulls him up because his tie yeah. this bright red silk tie is hanging down through the vent head. just above this lady's head. <laughs> He said that it was like only a few inches above her head and he eventually pulled her him up. And um and that's the thing about the entire thing is that uh so we have like the the tie story and then we it, it turns into him turning into like like um like experiments. Well yeah, so well so so so, so there's thirty years of letters that go on. Right. He looks at himself as a researcher. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, we're not, we're not even there yet. His crazy know, rationalization shit. Yeah. Like this is part of it, where he is like he's God. He's a researcher. Oh yeah. So okay, they talk. So they like they go, they go back and forth via letters for thirty years. So you're like 1980 yeah. to about 2010. So Foose would never allow Talise to like publish his name because he was worried about like mm-hmm. the ramifications of what would happen if his name had been published, like what would happen to him legally. Um, but Talise was like, I'm not publishing nonfiction. Like if we're going to publish. No, he's not publishing fiction. Or sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so sorry. Yeah. My bad. We're not publishing fiction. Like if we're going to publish this and we're going to go out there with a story, then I'm using. It's got to be all in. Yeah. It's got to be all in. So we're doing the thing that I have to say about that is that one key thing that he said that really stood out to me was he said, you can listen to what people say, but it's what they do. So and that and that's when he was on the circuit talking about the um, the the love thy neighbor. But that. Yeah. And you have to like completely engage and completely uh, immerse yourself Mm -hmm. in that. Right. In order for you to actually understand what's happening and and how people are living, Mm -hmm. then you have to, like, make yourself part of it. You have to dive in. Yeah, I completely agree. I'm not trying to say that that's not a thing. I'm just saying that. Oh, and I I loved his. He was like, it's not it's not like I was sitting up in the press box with a with a press pass around my naked body. I think a good journalist is able to look past some shit. And I think a good journalist is able to like kind of be like that objective, Mm -hmm. like kind of bystander there. But like, I think what's interesting about this story is like, where does it cross the line? And that was some of Gay's 
problem when he went to the uh, the New Yorker when he mm-hmm. was originally going to publish this and he was talking to the editor and he was like, well, I don't want to seem like too much of a creep because like he's like, I really didn't see that yeah. Well, and the editor even says, you know, it's probably for the best that you didn't yeah. because then it would right. almost seem unbelievable. Right. Yeah. And it would make you seem too sympathetic to the criminal. Yep. And so, he is a criminal. Well, and the crazy part is, yeah. is when 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 he was talking, when uh, when Gay was talking to the editor about Foos, the one thing that, that that like really caught my ear was when he's like he's and he's like you know everybody thinks he's like you know this you know creepy perv and he and he he actually says you know he isn't really creepy and I'm like well yeah, he talks about but but he is yeah no he has just <laughs> yeah, yeah. he has just disintegrated too much into this criminal yeah where he's like now feeling too much empathy for this criminal and he's seeing too much of himself oh yeah. And he and he says, you know, well, and, and the reason, well, and I'm, he doesn't want to see himself. As yep. Free. The reason why I thought that he was kind of like relating that to himself yeah. is that he said specifically, one of us is going to die soon, so yeah. I want to get this done first. Well, so it's, yeah, so he called him up in 2010 and said, "Look, I think you're ready because you keep writing me these letters for the last yeah. 30 years. You're 78, or I'm 78. You're 81. One of us is going to die if if we don't get this story out soon." Right. And so, the, and then, the, the, well, Foose kind of agrees because he believes creepier. statute of limitations has run out. Yes, right. And he kind of agrees at that point, but then takes it back. Yeah. So, um, so then we get into the super, super creepy backstory of Gerald well, Foose. Yeah. What, how he got into <laughs> with his aunt? Wow. Who lived across wow. the street? So apparently, he grew up in a rural area on a farm. Um, yeah. and he says, you know, one night, you know, his aunt lives across yeah, the street. Yeah. Um, and, and here's where I think the rationalizations and the explanations and like the over explaining really start to kick in with him because he says it was like, you know, there was a compelling force, like he had no choice, but you know, and uh, the, the, what was it? The beckoning window. There was, he had, he he had no choice, but to go across the street. Gay was like, I love it. Beckoning window. Oh yeah. Oh, just go. Eat it it up with a spoon. Eat eat it up with a spoon. Yeah. Way to feed. First of all, way to, way to feed into his god god. Oh yeah. First of all, because he already thinks he's amazing. But two, like, okay, Lauren and I were talking about this, and here's the thing: a lot of serial killers started out with peeping tom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, he could have gone very differently. Voyeurism. So my question was like at the end of this all, and maybe we can talk about this later, but like, I'm like, did the FBI look into serial rapes Mm -hmm. in those years in Colorado? Did they look into serial murders? Because rarely does it not go past. So there may be a reason why we didn't, and we'll get into that towards the end. Because I, I think I have, I think I have the answer to your question. So, and here's here's one of his other uh, malapropisms that made me laugh. Um, he said, you know, he felt that uh, it was the compelling force was because um, he was entering pubernance. Pubernance. <laughs> what the fuck is pubernance? I'm pretty pretty sure he meant puberty, <laughs> but it was entering pubernance. <laughs> didn't, didn't he say like partial? What did he say about partial? Oh yeah, he had, he he had developed a a, a partial t. A partial T or something like that. Um, 
Big, yeah, because his aunt had big tits. He wanted to make sure uh, that everybody knew that his aunt had big tits uh, and red hair. Is that the part where he said that um, that they would have like red hair? Or was that the one about the red oh, hair? Oh no, this is we're getting different? into this. Okay, so, I just want to make no. Sure. Oh, when he's into and he's and he was he, has a flavor for red haired people. He was he was. Of his aunt was oh right. no 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 no! The red hair he was. Matched the well, yeah. No, he said he, he's that's where his fascination because both of his wife, both of his wives had big tits, and he said like that's where his fascination with well, big no, tits. And Catherine did too. Yep. And, well, that's what I mean. That's yeah. So his aunt. That's where that's where, that's where his fascination with that became. Um, and so, but like, and this is where like kind of like the delusions that he has about fame and fortune and that kind of stuff start kicking in. Because now he's like, oh well, you know, psychologists are going to want to write books about me. Oh my um, God, thank you for and, and I'm going to tell them that you know if I was, it, the only, I was like, clearly this guy is he wants to be famous. Oh yeah, he wants, he, he wants money. For his story. Oh, yeah, because I'm not talking to anybody unless they open up their checkbook. Well, but you've been talking to him for 30 right. years without getting paid. Right, so. <laughs> right. You've been willingly talking to gay Talise for 30 years, and uh, gay's not opening his pocketbook, but you, you've you actually referenced talking about gay like he is a god. Oh, yeah. He said that. He looks at that guy like he's a god. Like he's a god. And so he has this whole complex of being a god and being like super influential and being like being able to control every situation. One of, one of the things I have written down is I said, dude is talking about being or about seeing um, big boobed, red headed carpet match to drapes women and. His wife, Anita, mm-hmm. is just like uh-huh. wife number two. Yep. Yeah. yeah, wife number two, Anita. Anita's her name, and she yeah. Is there's just something like, wrong with her. Like it's very she's very weird. She's just it like seems like she's a, okay a little off. She's a little touched. Um, well, so but like to your but to your earlier point, like that's where Gay asked him. He's like, okay, so well then, why write to me? Like if you're if you if if you're not if you're not willing to go with this, like why did you write to me in the first place? Right. And this is where like the whole fame and for- like he's like, well, you know, it's about notoriety. Like I want my story right. known because you know nobody ever did this before. Right. I'm pretty sure other people have done this before, uh, but like nobody ever did this before. And you know, and, and and this is where like and this is again where the rationalizations come in. He wasn't a peeping tom. He wasn't a voyeur. He was a researcher. Right. And this he is was researching. He watched between two to two thousand to three thousand people a year. Yep. Oh, the, well, I love as like as soon as he's done calling himself a researcher, they cut yeah. to the editor of the New Yorker, and the, and the the editor's like, yeah, he calls himself a researcher. Nah, he's just a freak. He's a perv. He's a weirdo. That's all. He- <laughs> well, and I'm glad because like part of me was going crazy watching this because I was like, everyone seems to be okay with this. Yeah, for thirty years, everyone seems to like be like. This is normal. And then finally, the New Yorker editor was like, dude's a freak. Uh I'm like, thank God. Like, thank God that's out there because dude's a freak. So and apparently, like all throughout the course of this correspondence, uh, Gerald had promised Gay that he would give him the legal pads that he kept all these that he kept all of his research on. Oh, is that what it was? Okay. Yeah, they were like, yeah, there was, you know. Like the yellow legal pads, like that's yeah. yeah so he had, that's where he had all those handwritten notes on. Um, 
what what struck me right off the bat is that he does. He writes like he's a private investigator or a cop. It was like, you know, right. subject 30s, you know, mid 30s male, da 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 da, mid 30s, you know, but then just very, very yeah. weird in his, and, like, and specific in his descriptions. Yeah, like graphs and charts, like for each room. Oh, yeah, about like how many times couples had and had like, sex yeah, and what yeah, kind of sex they had. Yeah. Super yeah. creepy. Yeah. But yeah, then I think, Lauren, you touched on this. Yes. And he basically watched two to 3,000 people a year. And then he did, uh, he talks about the two dudes in sheep, in sheep costumes. One it's woman, so... one woman staying at the motel, capturing. Oh, he talks about costumes. his first, yeah, his first wife used to bring him food up there. Like, what yeah. the hell is wrong with that woman? Okay, what's wrong with both of them? Because they both knew this shit was going Well, on. yeah. What's wrong with both of you? Like, I'm not blaming the first wife. Like, I'm blaming both of you bitches. Oh, yeah, and then I. Well, I love I love the story about the couple in from Montana, where like they're both really good looking, um, and so he's like really looking forward to watching them. And right before they start doing it, sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say right before they start doing it, the husband reaches over and turns off the light in the TV, and he gets all pissed off. So he goes back outside, gets in his car, pulls his car up to the like where the parking spot outside their hotel room, and turns his brights on, and then goes back upstairs because he can see them now. That's gross. crazy. So I actually have that written down too. Uh, I said people turn off the lights on the TV and he gets upset. So he turns on his headlights so that he can see inside and they get upset about him leaving the headlights on. Oh, yeah. They, so yeah. The, apparently the guy says something like some idiot left his lights on or yeah. Yeah, exactly. It was like some idiot left his lights on I or think, somebody left their lights on. I think the funniest story is the bucket of chicken. Wait. Okay. So. Um, well, and it, it, from people having sex. Well, in his notes, even in his notes, he refers to himself in the third person. Oh, yeah, it's the he's the voy. It's the voyeur that's looking at this, not Gerald. It's yeah, the voyeur. Exactly. Yeah, it's very, very interesting how he does that because uh, it makes me wonder if there's something about that. If he's just trying to protect himself, or if he actually like disassociates and is like, "This is the part of me that yep. does this." And I'm actually curious to see if he's like a soci- sociopath, no, where, he's a sociopath where he like disassociates completely and will just be like, this is a part of me that does this. Mm-hmm. And then the other part of me just is like a normal person. Right. So, but yeah, so um, the, qu- the quote that I thought that gay had that was interesting was that it, it, after reading through all these legal pads was that um, it isn't boring. It's actually worse than that because it's real. Because it's real, exactly. And he's like, so, you know, he would spend, and he talks yeah. about spending, like, yeah. hours every night up there, yeah. and in many cases, for nothing. He's almost obsessed. Oh, like, I don't I don't know that I would use the word almost. <laughs> like, here's the thing that makes him so, like, blah, 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 is that he was like, there's only so many times you can masturbate in one night. Right. Yeah. So, it's like, you like, are up there. Uh, listen, it, to me. I like I, I Well I mean let's be real. What what did we really expect he was doing up there? Like it, <laughs> Listen, well, yeah, but he's calling himself a researcher. I, Dude, you're not a researcher, I, you're a I master. Took that, I took that for what it was and was like, okay, he has like a tendency to masturbate to these things. However, he's also just somebody sitting up there and like just observing 
the way that people are. Right. And so he performs a whole bunch of different types of like tests and like, you know, like some types of, of, um, like just, just seeing how people react. Yeah. But we're all agreeing. This is like terrible. We all agree. Yes. But we are also saying that these are the things that he's claiming. Like I, right. Yeah. Like I don't, Aside from sex, he sees people just doing bizarre, bizarre shit. Well, I mean, he he sees he sees two guys having sex. One of them dressed up as a sheep. There, I mean, that's like I said, it's not like it always has to be like some sexual thing. No, people being weird. Well, one of my favorite stories was him watching the guy eat the bucket of chicken. Oh my god, that was hilarious. Rubbing his grease. Hands so, on the on yes. the blanket. He had a and stack he got of, pissed off. He had a stack of napkins yes. next to him. He put the, in, them in front of him. And then he ate this bucket of chicken. But just kept wiping his hands. And was on the wiping comforter. his hands on the comforter. <laughs> yeah. Where eventually dude is like, what the fuck? Oh yeah, so he's up there watching and getting angry and actually says a little bit too loud, son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah. And the guy hears him. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And when yeah. when person hears him, he was just like, "Oh, I gotta like be quiet." And and somebody's like, "Who's there?" Yeah. Yeah. The guy like <laughs> apparently like goes over to the window and looks outside because he thinks somebody's out there. And well, and well, this is why he says he hates dogs. Yeah. No, this was my favorite. Yeah, yeah. This was my yeah, favorite yeah, because. Yeah. He was like, I hate dogs because they know that I'm there. They can smell me. They can hear even the slightest sound. Oh, yeah. And so there would be dogs that would be staring up at the vent knowing that he was Uh there. And so he fucking, he hated dogs. So that just even shows more of his God God complex where if he couldn't control the exact environment. Mm -hmm. Of the situation, he hated it. Well, and, and so the the funniest part, though, is how judgy he gets about people. So here he is oh, yeah. up in the attic, oh, peeping yeah. on everybody. Like, get up here watching everyone, motherfucking. And he's and he's, you know, I I really didn't like, uh, you know, people swearing. I didn't like oh. uh, people yelling. Um, yeah. You know, that just really made me not addict. like people. The drug addict. <laughs> oh, oh, we'll get that. Yeah. Um, so actually, Lauren, you brought this up. So the little experiments he starts to do first, yeah. he starts leaving dildos um, and vibrators next yeah. to and, and porn magazines in the uh, drawer next well, to the Bible that women used it. And I was like, mm, OK, what one one like, I just don't believe him. I mean, it's the 80s. We were a little more casual then. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, you're just gonna open a drawer and be like, "Oh, a dildo." If I'm alone, I'm gonna use it. Wait, are you, wait. No. What next? You're gonna tell me the pizza? Next, you're gonna tell me the pizza guy never gets laid. What happened? Like what? <laughs> just throw it out there that if I was, alone, I think it's stupid. I think it's fucking stupid. Uh, like you're, you're just there's a maybe. You're just saying this to get a reaction. Well, and, but the one I thought was interesting that actually would, that I can actually see being a very real social experiment is he would put a suitcase in one of the rooms yeah, and then and when I somebody was checking in, he'd pretend to be on the phone with somebody. Camera. 
and be like, oh yeah, hey, you know, oh yeah, just you know, somebody says they left they left behind a suitcase with a thousand dollars in it. Um, has anybody you know called in to you know say that or turned it in or anything? And then he would watch the people and how they would act with the suitcase. And there wouldn't be money in it, but it would be like whatever. And like he said, that there were people that threw it out the back window. There yeah. were people that would put it in their trunk and drive it far away. That's yeah. funny. There were people, like, it was always somebody doing something to get rid of it rather than turning it in. Yeah. Which not mention anybody turning it in. Human nature, yeah. Right. And, so, and, and that's the thing is that, you know, in that kind of circumstance, you're, like, looking at multiple different types of circumstances that would make that happen well and he did say that there were people that would like find the porn and the dildos and that kind of stuff and would come up to the front desk and be like you know have somebody clean your effing rooms you know yeah oh yeah oh yeah i yeah. got mad about it yeah. so but then then we hit like okay so in 1977 he yep. says that he witnessed a murder and this is where his story kind of gets all tricked yeah, he up. says he's an accessory to a crime so he says a drug dealer and his girlfriend were in a room he uh he realized that this drug dealer was selling drugs to kids. So uh Foose saw where he hit his stash. Yeah, in the one of the vents on the wall, yep. He put his stash in the toilet and flushed it all down mm-hmm. the toilet. When the drug dealer got back, he was like super fucking pissed that somebody took his stash and he blamed it on his girlfriend because his girlfriend was the only one who, who knew it was there, yeah. Allegedly, yeah. yeah. And so then they got into a physical altercation, which ended up in him strangling. Her. Yep. And and Foos makes a point of saying, you know, as the guy storms out and leaves, and he's looking at her there on the bed, that he yeah. sees her chest rise and fall like yeah, she's breathing. She's yeah. alive. Yeah. He he thought that she was still alive and that she was okay. So then the next day, a cleaning woman comes around and realizes there's a dead body in that specific hotel room. And um, so then the cops are called and all of that. But here's the thing. Well, so yeah, then, then we get, so then we have so he sells the hotel in 1997 to this Korean couple, um, and he start and he and he kind of waffles on. You see a meeting with him and Gay, and he kind of waffles on whether or not the story can be told with the motel's name or with his name because he's worried about the Korean couple coming back after him for damages uh, because you know they would lose customers because of notoriety because this had happened there and all that stuff even though like they went through it like they showed like the shitty job he did taking all of the vents out and all that kind of crap when he sold it right um and so and this is when gay goes to Gerald's house and this is where we get like some of the oh, so the first collection of dude dude's collecting Barbies coins stamps swords and guns which is a little concerning um what guns, guns. guns. yeah oh, oh you didn't oh you didn't see the gun cases that he oh yeah uh so then you know they go down in the basement and it's a sports it's like a basically a sports memorabilia sports shop memorabilia. it's crazy yeah. there's like all of these cards he says everything. he's got like two to three million cards well he's saying like foos is saying like this this specific card is worth a half a million dollars and and Talisa's like, I don't know if it is or if it's not. Well, and so, and that was part of his point. Crazy or if he's oh, yeah. Not. 
So and that was part of Gay's point is he was like, okay, so like, and, and he says Gerald even mentioned to him that part of the reason why he might be okay with the story being told is because he wants to sell all this shit um, right. and cash out and the, the notoriety and fame of the book will help him inflate the prices. Right. Um, so like, because of that, when he's like, he's starting to question, like, like he's like, I don't know yeah. if these cards are worth that shit. So Gay starts wondering, hey, how honest right. is this guy really? And so he wants to at least because no. it's. He wants to at least get some verification yeah. on anything. Well, yeah. So he goes, Talise goes and tries to find records of the death at the motel. Yeah, because he says, he's like, hey, I've got the date. I've got the location. This should be the easiest thing in the world to verify. So there are none. And of course, any major publication is going to check your Well, yeah. So he calls, he calls the cops. He calls the coroner. So this throws Foos credibility into question like 1000% like who is this guy because we actually find out that there was no reported murder yeah the cops the coroner the denver post have no record of anything there was a similar well the new york the new yorker fact checker found one that had happened like a week before in a different hotel yeah yeah so there's like all and then this, I, his credibility is totally thrown into question. But then I love like so but I love that Gay sits there after this revelation and he's like, well, he's like, you know, but why would you make up the worst story about yourself that like you didn't have like why why would he do that? Duh, Gay, to get you to sell the damn book right. and pay him he for this shit. Yeah. Like any fucking sociopath. Like like fucking Ted Bundy with um and oh yeah uh, no I know exactly yeah well no but so I mean and that's so you've even got the you even got the uh, the one editor or the one fact checker from the New Yorker he was like look here's the reality of the situation anytime you have a single store story you're pretty much completely reliant and dependent on them. We know that Gay was up there, you know, in the in the area, like in the in the attic. Right. So we know he didn't make it up. And he, he but he says, "Would I stake my life or reputation on Gerald's recollection?" No. <laughs> nope. Um. So then, I guess uh, Gay recruits his daughter to paint what will become the cover of the book, and yeah. he gives her a postcard. And she's not happy with like the angle, and she wants to find other photos of it. So yeah. she goes to Google Maps to pull it up. And and the motel is gone. It it no longer exists. It's been leveled. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and gay has no idea about this, which is just like mind blowing to me. Like you've been following this story for how long, and you say you're a great reporter. Like, how do you not know this happened? Like that just seems very like. Well, but if you're if you're focusing, I, I mean, I can understand that if you're. Like, all you have to do is put on a Google alert on your phone, and you'll find Uh, out what happens. Well, but I think, if nothing else, we saw how non-technologically literate he was. So, and I think that was part of his problem. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of what our documentary viewers were going to show, too, is that, like, he's so not... Oh, yeah, he's not tech-savvy at all. He's not tech-savvy at all. Um, but so uh, the three of them, uh, Gerald, his wife, and Gay, uh, go out and visit an empty. Go out and visit the now empty lot, um, and and this is where Gerald starts saying that you know he's like the reason why he's willing to tell the story is that he thinks it's all about redemption. Um, he wants to clear his conscience, uh, and he wants people to know about 
his work. It's not work, you perv. <laughs> right? Pervert, I could do the same shit. Like seriously, yeah. Get off me. I could do it much better than you. By the way, <laughs> well, especially these days but when there's so much tech involved. So then the New York fact checker. Uh, now, now the fact checkers are really starting to worry gay um, because they find the deed of sale, which yeah. Gerald has said and has notes from when it says yeah. he bought the hotel, bought the motel in 1966. Deed of sale says he didn't buy it. Didn't buy it till 1969. But he's got notes from 1966, so they're trying to. And you can, and this is where Gay, you can almost see him start to try to rationalize things. Well, no, so what he says is that he accidentally shifted the number upside down. Right, because everybody writes sixes and right. nines upside down over and over and over again. Classic, maybe, I guess I get it, but like, still, no, you're fucking lying. Yeah, that's how I feel. Like at the end of it, like I don't feel like the dude has fucking dyslexia. I feel like he's lying. Yeah, or or he went back and just started. So, and that's this is where you start getting questions. Like even Gay says, right. you know, were these quote unquote journals were they actually written contemporaneously? Like were they written as it was happening, happening, right. or did he go back and try to write stuff? And that's where he got the dates wrong. Right. But again, Gay's kind of rationalizing for him. Um. And he's always doing that. And this is what pisses me off about the whole documentary. And that I don't understand is his fucking perspective. I'm like, you had too much empathy for for your subject. Well, or he was too concerned. I mean, or or was it that he was too concerned? Because, I mean, like I said, back in the eight, like back in the late 70s, early 80s, you know, between um, Honor they Honor Thy Father was a huge like that was the first expose written about the mafia. Um, you know, Love Thy Neighbor was or Thy Neighbor's Wife was a huge exposition about sexual mores in America and that kind of stuff. And then he didn't really have anything like that right. for a long, long time. So he's got that jazz that okay this is my next bestseller like this is what's going to bring me as a report as a journalist back into relevance and that's and i think that he thought that oh yeah and i think that's why this makes it more of like a greek tragedy oh yeah so that because he's now ending his life on the slope that is you reported a story that wasn't fact-checked and it wasn't good and it was the worst journalism we could have ever had. Oh, yeah. So the New Yorker publishes their excerpt. Um, this And this is where Gerald... Motel. Yep. And so Gerald all of a sudden finally maybe understands the repercussions of having the story out in public yeah. and starts getting nervous about shit, which... He should be. <laughs> yeah. So the, it was interesting because we're watching him watch the news coverage yep. of the story. He says he's nervous, and with or people are calling him. Oh yeah, and gays um, like they've told him like don't go out, don't answer the phone, don't yeah. Like even his wife is like Anita's like hang up the phone, hang up. Oh yeah, the she's phone. yelling at him. Oh yeah. He just wants to keep. Uh huh. Like, he's word vomit. Like, it's like, he is so wrapped up in himself. He yep. doesn't even see you're harming yourself. Oh, yeah. Well, so. You're and, harming yourself. And, and this. Like, is, shut the fuck up. Totally. Just shut 
so and, and this is where you see uh so Gerald gets all pissed off at 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 gay. Oh yeah. Um oh, because you know he he, he put his business out there. You know I didn't I didn't yeah. want him I didn't want him saying anything about my card collection. They're gonna you know they're gonna file lawsuits yeah. and lock my house up yeah. and steal all my crap and no no no. Yeah. And yeah. and he and I love like the what like when Gerald's all pissed off sitting there and he's like you know he's made it all about himself you know gay made it all about himself it's me yeah. I'm the guy yeah, yeah. yeah. This is my story <laughs> yeah. you're you're not the guy you're 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 the yeah person. yeah. You're just a huge fucking person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was dumb enough to tell your story yeah. to a journalist. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And give your name out. Oh, yeah. So then, well, so then the first repercussion hits. We see the cops show up at their house yeah. um, because they've gotten calls, uh, go figure, uh, with death threats. Well, yeah, it was, they were showing up on his behalf. Well, yeah. Well, they called the cops because they, you know, he said they were getting phone calls, getting death threats, and that kind of stuff. And and like, and it's one of those things where, like, dude, what the hell did you expect to happen? Like, you 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 just admitted you were basically spying on people for thirty effing years. Did right. did you think everybody was gonna be like, ah, that's cute, that's adorable, that's fine? Well, and I think I and I express this to Lauren. I think this is what pisses me off about the documentary is. Like, we don't hear from any of the victims, and we don't hear any. Is this is the story true or not? I guess how I I guess my question on that would be how practical would that have been from the victims because that fucking sucks. I'd be curious as to like just how practical it would be to even try to track any of them down. Like, I mean, I feel like you have a right to know. I well, and that would I guess that would be my curiosity because like so now you're talking 23 years after the sale, you know, here in 2020 or well, I mean this came out in 2017, so 20 years after the sale, you almost wonder if anybody sitting at home watching this on Netflix is like, "Wait a minute. I I stayed I there in 1986 and my out. with my wife. What the hell?" Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to look and see if there's been any follow-ups now cuz now I'm curious. Yeah. Was it like anything? Like, even if my name was written down in a book, yeah. fuck you. Even if it's not my fuck name, you. and I just know that it's me that we're talking about, like, right? Then I would be so concerned about it. All right. So, and this is where, and I think this answer, this actually answers your question, or at least one of the questions about the documentary, is we go back to the one of the New York, the New Yorkers fact checkers, and he says, look. Basically, Gerald's credibility is is a huge issue, and we get yeah. it. And everyone's going to hate him. And we know we knew that everyone was going to hate him the minute that we said we were going to publish this story. Because, th- but that's okay because that's going to help the book sales, and that's what this entire documentary really comes down to. Is you know, is that it's it's all about the book sales and getting the money. Um, yeah. And then so I guess they're all concerned. So Gay is going to fly back out to Colorado to go hang at their house. And I thought it was interesting that apparently Gay demands that they dress really nicely whenever he's there. Yes. <laughs> that was weird. Right? Yeah. But he's a Taylor's son. I just. But like that was weird. But not only that, but like his whole interaction with the documentary crew there and how he's like. They're trying to track. See, and I actually, I actually appreciated that. Like, so I actually appreciated that because so no, I did to a 
point, but at the same time, I'm like, let them fucking talk. Well, so because here's a documentary. Just oh, let, let him go. You his bullshit. Why do you care? You can gay? post about your shit. Like, you can gay. Well, he the cares only, because book. The only reason gay is concerned is because it's going to backlash against his book. Right. It's going to be different against his book. That's the only reason he cares. It's not because he's being a good person. Oh no! So, but like, and this is—he's being a fucking asshole. (laughs) So, but the thing, like, here's the thing, though: just let the motherfucker talk. (laughs) Like, if we want a real documentary here, just let him talk. So, and that's the thing I noticed about Gerald is, and and you see this over and over again. No, like Gerald, Gerald thinks that everyone is his close friend. Like, he thinks that he and Gay are, like, really tight. He thinks that he and the documentary crew are, like, close friends and all that. And that's that's totally not the case. So, and that's, but to your point, so Gay gets testy with the film crew um, because they ask the question about the 1966 versus 1969. He says he already answered that. Um, They ask him, uh, they ask Gerald, hey, would you do it again, you know, knowing what you know now? And 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 Gerald says, "Well, hey, you already you already asked me that question. Don't you already have that on film?" And that's where Gay goes off on them and says, "Hey, look, you're pulling a dumb trick. Like you're trying to get him to answer differently because I'm. And this, like I said, this is the part I appreciated because it's true. You're trying to get a different answer out of him because I'm sitting here as opposed to when I'm not sitting here. I mean, I get it, but at the same time, get the truth. If you are really pissed off about something I wrote." Or something I said, then fucking say it to my face. Oh yeah. So and well and so yeah. So that was yeah. So that was his point. Is like, look, your job is to tell me the story. My job is to then write the story. And he and he even tells he's like Gerald. He's like Gerald. You're allowed to be pissed off at me for how I wrote the story. That's fine. It's how I wrote the story. Like that's that's how that works. And so yeah. and that was his whole point because Gerald was like, oh well, you know, you've never shown me a copy of the manuscript. You've never shown me a copy of this, that, or the other thing. And that yeah. and Gay like stomps on him and is like, look, the last thing, like, no, there's a reason why yeah. we don't do that, is because I wrote this based on what right. you told me. And there can't have been any collaboration in order for this to have been a true story. Yeah. So then it gets really bad. Yeah. The Washington. So a reporter from the Washington Post calls him up one night. This is awful. And says, hey, I've got something that we should talk about because it calls into question your journalistic integrity and the entire premise of this story. So, of course, Gay calls him. <laughs> it's like, hey, what's up? And this guy sends him a deed of sale from 1980 uh, where apparently they sold the property to an Earl Ballard. Yes. So now it's like, okay, so now, like, what the hell? Like, you didn't even, you didn't even own the hotel for a good chunk of this story. Oh, yeah. It's like, it's like a couple days. Like in yeah, it's a cu- it's already it's already been printed. Yeah. It's like a couple yeah. days before it drops. Yeah. So Gay loses yeah. his shit, and he and he make and he says and he honestly he says my biggest mistake was talking to that Washington Post reporter because he basically says this book is in the toilet. Like that was the quote was this book is in the toilet. My credibility is in the toilet. And then he totally 
really takes it back. Well, he, and he does later, and he's you know, but he's like he's sitting there talking with the film crew, and he's like, "My God," he's like, "Dude, my career's ruined. Your career's ruined. My credibility's done. Your credit, all of our credibility is shot, and it's over." Um, and then you know, we hear the voiceover from Gerald, who said, "Hey, look, I thought that Earl guy was dead." Um, well, the public records were still out there that you sold him the hotel idiot, um, and he said, "You know, he was a friend um, that basically he kind of sold the hotel to because they were partners in crime, and he needed the money." Uh, but he still had a key and he still had access to the to the thing, you know, throughout the entire time. Um, yeah. And and so then then it's it's Gerald sitting at his kitchen table reading the reviews of the book that has Wait, now come out. Is this not the part that he's coming down the stairs in the little motorized? Oh, that was before. Stairs. Yeah. When he was on his. Yeah. The, 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 uh, the old. That is like one of my favorite parts of the documentary. Well, so that's the crazy thing to me that's is how. Talking- Oh, so that's that's what he was going off about. Gay and I are going to have problems. That was that's because, yeah, he's talking mad shit as he's in this electric chair coming down the staircase, <laughs> he's making his way down. Yeah, the like side. like he can't handle a flight of <laughs> stairs. Oh, yeah, he can't do a flight of stairs, but he's going to kick gay's ass. Sure. Let's that's that's totally. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, so then you've got, you know, Gerald reading these reviews and of course, the reviews are terrible. Um, you know, he reads one from the New York Times that basically says it's clear the entire book is lies. Uh, you know, that everything is made up and, and, and Gerald's getting more and more progressively pissed off because, you know, everybody's just calling him out and he's like, well, you know, they should just pull the book off the shelves. Well, that's not really your call, Skippy. That's what happens when you sign a contract. That's what happens when you say you can go ahead and publish things. You don't get to be that arbiter of, of what happens with your story anymore. Uh, but then, as Lindsay was saying, so then, you know, it, it, then they're sitting there and they're watching TV and gaze on. I, I forget who it was, but it was one of the talk shows. Um, and he says, you know, look, uh, actually, the one thing I thought that was a really interesting quote from him is that he didn't want to write about the right people. He wanted to write about the wrong people because he thought it made for more interesting and compelling stories, which is that like if you are doing something like that and you're like taking it from the wrong perspective then everyone will notice that yeah you know it's like that's not just like some random thing like you like you can't just be like oh we're gonna everything's all shiny happy kittens and flowers yeah like you can't just be like this is this is the way it's going to be all the time. But yeah, so yeah, so Earl Ballard was not dead uh because 2 days after the interview or the discussion with the Washington Post reporter, Gay calls him um and basically confirms Gerald's story that you know, yes, uh the hotel had been sold, but yes, they were both kind of partners in crime with the whole voyeur thing. Um yes, Gerald still had access the whole time. And 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 Gay kind of says, "Hey, I, I wish I would have like instead of like re- reacting emotionally like I had. I wish I would have followed up on this because I wouldn't have disavowed the book because it turns you know it tur- right. So it confirms the story, but it was just not the whole truth. It's not the whole truth, right? And but that still dings your credibility. I mean, like I'm sorry, like yeah, it does. no, for sure. So, like, yeah, no, I agree. And like, and here's the thing though, like. The New York Times was putting this out. New York Times. New Yorker. That, or oh, the, the New Yorker. Yorker. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry, the New Yorker, which, even better, I have a subscription to. The which, New again, Yorker. another Epstein tie in. Well, yeah, <laughs> but we have, like, the New Yorker has the best 
ever fact check. Oh yeah. Oh, they talk about that a number of times. Is real or not? So that's that scares me as like a person who like loves the New Yorker. Like, well, and that's the thing. Like, even listening to their fact checkers and the editor again kind of rationalize their way through this. They're like, well, you know, we did put the disclaimer in up front that it was a single source, a single source story, and a lot of things can't be verified. And we're not really sure about the veracity of some of this stuff. But, you know, we did our best to verify what we could. And anything that we couldn't verify, uh, we made sure we put a note in uh, that we couldn't verify it. Yeah. So, again, just rationalizing their way through it. Totally. But at the same time, like, when I'm reading something from The New Yorker, I am 100% assuming that. You presume it's factual. Yep. Fact-checked a million times because The New Yorker has built itself. That's what they do. The New Yorker has built itself up to be this. It's got decades and decades and decades of credibility. Yeah. Right. So this is just dinging it for me yeah. to be like this is scary that's actually scary so then it it kind of closes out uh you know with with gerald sitting there you know all alone he's like oh you know it's it's really you know lonely out here da, 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 da. and he had talked they had talked earlier where they don't neighbor which apparently neighbor is a verb now uh, uh, you know, the, well, they're hermits. Yeah, well, yeah, they don't talk to anybody, and and so he, you know, he, and he ta- he's talking to the film yeah. crew, and he says, you know, I really feel you know real companionship with you guys. Well, duh, because you don't have any yeah. friends. Like if you had friends, right. you would you realize. Yeah, you would realize what these people were, which is they're there because it's their job, not because right. they're your friend. Right. Right. So yeah, and that's where it wraps up. Okay, so I just want to say, I have a few notes written at the end of this. So they kept saying how this was like an interesting and fascinating story. And I'm like, okay, Uh, well, this documentary sucks because it does not do a good job of representing this. Like. If you wanted me to think that this was more of a fascinating story, give me more of behind of Gerald Foose and who he is as a person. I want to see more of what he witnessed in the hotel. I need to see more because that sucks. It's not a fascinating story to me. And I don't know if they just couldn't put it out there because there was a book. Um, but this is not a fascinating story to me. And then the other thing is, it's terribly disgusting. Um, the way he gets away with all of this. I mean, like, here's my thing too, is like, I love serial killer stories. I love all of that. But they normally do a very good job of portraying the victim's point of view or at right. least giving a lot of acknowledgement to the victim. In his in this story, there was no acknowledgement to the victim. And sure. there were victims. Yeah. yeah and that pisses me off. It almost makes it seem like 
voyeurism is okay. Peeping Toms are okay. You're going to get a story out of it. Like, no. No, it's, it's, you know, not okay behavior. None of it is. And then the other thing that pisses me off is that like, uh, peeping Toms and voyeurism is usually a step into a, uh, more violent, um, more violent crimes. So, so an, it's usually a step towards rape, and it's usually then a step towards murder. So that's and so that was the question you brought up earlier. And so and and I said, hey, we'll talk about this at the end because I do. I think because of all of the credibility issues this guy has, I'm quite sure the cops like looked at him and went, eh. N- number one, most of this shit was made up. So, eh. Would would he even be a suspect in anything else if he couldn't even do this? Yeah, and I'm not, like, trying to, like, poke the bear at anybody that is, like, at this realm <laughs> at all. But I'm saying, like, normally this is just a stepping stone behavior into something much worse. Oh, for sure. And, um... And I don't like the fact that we didn't hear from any of the victims because they are victims. Like, that is non-consensual viewing of sex and maybe perhaps recording of sex if he had done it. I don't know if he did or not. But I just don't like any of it like I think it's just trash and I think it was meant like I feel like the whole documentary felt like I'm supposed to feel some type of empathy or some type of something towards the journalist and towards him and fuck that I don't. Well, fuck him. Well, I can and like fuck them. Okay, that's fine, and I think that's great that you feel that way, and and I am like totally uh, great with that. Like that's fine if that's how you feel. But to me, like being part of the kink and like erotic community, hearing this story made me go, oh, like it's something to kind of like relate to where like you have like this, like, I also want to know more about this, but you also don't. And on top of that, like you were saying with like, that you just don't want to hear anything about it or anything like that. It's like that community is like, there is like a sect of people that would like to hear more just about no, no, that. No. Here's the thing is like, I totally understand like the kink. I get it. Sure. But when we're looking at a victim situation where somebody died. Sure. And I'm not I talking don't about that, give a fuck. I'm not talking about that, though. I'm just saying But that's what speaking. I was talking about. And also, maybe women that were went on to be further sexually assaulted. And, and yeah, I agree with that. That creeps me out. I agree with I that. Don't like I don't it. think that, like... Uh, people not, yeah, no. not being aware. No, no, no. Is and like, I 
get I'm it. Okay like, saying. I'm not saying that you think that no, no, that's I know. okay. But, but I'm, I'm just saying, saying that's where I'm coming from. No. Where I'm it, just saying as somebody, me sick. as somebody who is, like, part of, like, that King community where, like, I see, like, the things that people, like, do and experience and stuff, like, yes. It's yeah. not okay if they don't are there if they're unaware of it. It's right. not okay if you're just voyeuring from a distance and right. you're not like making people aware. Well, and again, there's a difference between you know consensual, perhaps accident, or even perhaps accidental voyeurism, yeah, and right. buying a goddamn hotel with yeah, the expressed yeah, intent. Okay. <laughs> There is a different that's sect a of people difference. that may be interested in this documentary just because of the fact that they're like, it's not that somebody was being watched like unintentionally, but the fact but, that they were just like curious about like how people act and hearing about it from a documentary rather than doing their own experiments mm-hmm. is something that people might be interested in but doing. also let them know that it mostly centers around the journalist sure and that like totally it does. well because again it's about the story leading up to the publication of the book that's exactly. yeah. about the publication it's, of the book well, and that's the thing is that never wants to say it's that it's just about this one guy it's about how we got from point a to point b and and that's the case for a lot of documentaries where it's like how we got from point A to point B. Regardless of how we got there, we got there and they made a point about it. You know what I mean? So it's like it's I'm OK with watching something that even though like at the end all be all, I'm like, oh, that's kind of fucked up or whatever. At the same time, though, I do I did enjoy hearing like the different types of things that he did, the experience experiments that he ran, um, the things that he did that I was like, oh, that's crazy that he did that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not sitting there going like, great. Oh, yeah, no. And, and I mean, realistically, it probably well, but I mean, we said this about the vow too. this. This probably could have only been an hour. Yeah. Yeah. It could have been an hour. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Well, it was but... But at the same time, there are like aspects to the story that I go, you know, as somebody who's part of the King community, I can see why this would be interesting. Right. Or as somebody who's part of like the King community, I can see why this might be something that people want to watch and and learn more about, regardless of whether or not it's about sex. Or if it's about experimenting with people that are just part of that you know, yeah. well, and if nothing else, learn to keep an eye out on vents and hotel rooms. That's the. <laughs> I, will always, I will always bring else. a dog with me right. to every hotel. Don't forget room. to bring a towel. Don't forget yeah, to bring a towel. Got to got to plug the vent. <laughs> like, if you never know where a hotel towel has been, then you also don't know where a hotel vent has been. Yeah. So. I'm not trying to say it's okay. I'm just saying that, you know, in this situation, it's already said and done. And this is what this guy was trying to do. And, you know, whether it was all right or it wasn't all right, this is still the outcome of the situation. Right. And, and as much as it was not okay to do those things, we still have. (laughs) There are still lessons to be learned. Right. There's lessons to be learned. Exactly. I think the biggest lesson that I learned is 
that fame and greed will get to you and you want to have the best story always. And you will overlook your natural instincts as a reporter to get yep. that good goddamn story. Also, and that was the funny thing. Like there was there was a, a comment from Gay at some point in the, during the doc where he said, you know, everybody wants to write the next great American novel. And and he, he actually says, oh, and this is where he gets into that. Where he says, you know, fuck the next great American novel. He's like, I want to write something that people want to read. And he's like, and and that's where he says, I don't want to write about the right people. I want to write about the wrong people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, I think he was chasing the team. Well, and like I said, you know, he hadn't been relevant, you know, to that point that he was earlier, you know, earlier in his career for a long time. And, and that's, that Russian notoriety is a hell of a drug. It's the same thing that Gerald. Time of his career into this panning out to be something. Yeah. So going through 30 years of your life and like even being in those uh crypts and getting through everything and being like okay yeah this is a thing and then finding out that things don't add up and things aren't exactly what you think right i think that that's when it comes to a point where he's like well so well so and that's the funny part if you if you notice the dates if convinced that what he was doing was true and right and non He even says he had the best story possible and then that goes totally to the fuck side. He even says at the very beginning you're a fool to have only one one source. Right. You're a fool to have one source. source And yet (laughs) was one source. So like he knit well, so and the the funny thing to me is if you notice, like, and this is what, and it, like, it, it just it just dawned on me just because we sat here and talking talked through it. Um, so gay, you know, he, gay gets the first letter from him in 1980. Uh, gay goes out and has that night up in the attic with him in 1980. 1980 is the year that Gerald sold the hotel to that guy. So I'm wondering if. His initial, well, if his initial reach out to Gay wasn't as a result of "Hey, I'm going to sell and get out of this now," yeah, and then he kind of kept needing to amplify it because I mean, that's you know, it's not like this is, and you know, it's not like this is the only thing that Gay Talese was doing for thirty years before this came up. Like he he did have other. This was just one story he kept open, and that's what he said at the beginning. I believe that. Like, I'm not discrediting his whole thing as a journalist, but I'm just saying, like, you overlook he 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 got a little jumpy. Yeah. Yeah. He got a little too big for his britches, yeah. and he overlooked some shit. All right. For so sure. that that for this one? We're good. We love you. Next Friday, we will be doing um a 90-day wrap um, so then, the ne- like I said, the next doc we have to do has got to be the one that I have a crazy, stupid family link to. What? Which one? Uh, Evil Genius. Okay. Oh, oh God. God. I didn't want to do that because it destroys my soul. <laughs> but I'll do it for you. You, you. you did the vow, and that didn't destroy your soul. <laughs> no. Evil Genius destroys my soul. Okay, well, then pick a different one. Pick a different one. I'm good. 
No, we'll do we'll do evil genius with you. It's fine. It's your show. I'm just here to be a supporting cast member. Yeah, we'll do evil genius <laughs> for you, Dave. <laughs> evil genius. All right, cool. Yeah, we're doing it. All right, so you have two weeks to watch that one. All right, so there's right, a- watch all. 90 Day Fiance and Bye. watch Evil Genius. Bye. Bye.